The title of my sermon today is uh, "When We All Get to Heaven." Uh, just, just thinking about all the, you know, all the different uh, how everybody's working together today. It's like a big family, isn't it? It's going to be so good when we get there. It's going to be family from from then on out. And uh, let's uh, let's pray together before we get started with our message. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, uh, for making provisions that we may be reinstated back into the Garden of Eden. We may return to heaven with our wonderful Lord and Savior. Lord, uh, we ask that you would be with us in our service today and and from, from now on every service to come until we until we enter those uh, uh, pearly gates and uh, just continue with us. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Be with us um, in our study today as we open your word. Uh, Let your words be spoken and not those of a man. Uh, In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. (coughs) I want to open a verse to you this morning. It's kind of similar um, to the one that was already read. Actually, it is the one that is already that was already read. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, it says, again, for me, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what uh, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, um, you know, a lot of people wonder uh, about judgment. How how's how's all that going to work? You know, are we going to uh, are we all going to uh, ascend into the clouds and stand in a line, who knows how many miles long, and wait for the angel to let us in or or uh, uh, send us? Back down? How how does that work? What's uh, what does the Bible have to say about that? So uh, this is what we're going to be looking at today. What what does the Bible say about judgment? Um, so turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. We're going to be opening to Daniel chapter seven. Daniel chapter seven. We're going to start reading in verse two. Daniel chapter 7, and we're going to start reading in verse 2. This is Daniel's favorite book, by the way. (laughs) Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched Telex wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another like a leopard, 
which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him, ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and the court was seated, and the books were opened. Okay, uh, I've got a, a few props. Got a few props with me today. I'm going to need a little bit of help. So, picture with me. Picture with me, uh, uh, Daniel. He, he's in vision. <coughs> he, he's standing. He's standing here, and and uh, some things start coming before him up in up in the sky. He he sees. Uh, uh, thank you. He sees um, a picture. The first one he sees is a lion. Now here's here's my lion. It's not exactly like uh, the one in Daniel's vision. It doesn't have wings, but it's still nonetheless it's a lion. So Daniel, he's in vision. He sees this great beast coming up out of the sea, and, and it's a lion. And then that that goes on, and he, he as he continues to watch, he sees a bear coming up out of the sea. And the bear's taking a long time coming up out of the sea, but he's he's coming as Daniel is watching. All right, then we have a bear. So, so first he sees the lion, and then he sees the bear. The bear's got three ribs in his mouth. He's lifted up on one side, and then that that slide it goes away. And then and then he sees uh, uh, another something else, another beast coming up out of the out of the sea. And this one is like a leopard, right? He sees a leopard coming up out of the water, and this leopard, this leopard has four heads and four wings and then that vision that that one goes that one passes by and then he starts seeing something else another beast and this beast is a great and terrible beast and as it's coming up out of the water he sees that this beast has ten horns this this one doesn't have ten horns but but we'll imagine that it does. Yeah, it has some. It's got a few on it. But Daniel sees this great and terrible beast. And I made provisions for more kids just in case we had any. But uh, since we don't, um, Daniel or Jimmy actually made this for me. Uh, after, after this one goes by, it, it, it kind of zooms in a little bit. Daniel's watching and he sees 
And the ten horns of this, of this beast, three of them are uprooted by this little horn. And then the uh, the little horn. It, it, these these all have certain characteristics. Okay, uh, Bible scholars. What's this? This is a lion, and what does it represent in, in Daniel? What's what's God showing him? Babylon. This is Babylon. You know, all the characteristics go along with Babylon. This is, uh, uh, yes, the king of beasts, and. Um, which which was uh, which was this was what 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 kingdom was Daniel living in when when Daniel was taken captive he was living in the time of Babylon so what God has just done he showed Daniel a vision from his time all the way wait wait, wait I got one more I've got one more all the way down four kingdoms and, and then. Zooming in uh, uh, on something that's coming from this kingdom. And then we find that the Ancient of Days was seated. Okay, this is not exactly an anvil, but it kind of looks like one, right? Imagine, this is a judge's anvil. The Ancient of Days is seated, and the books were opened, okay? So, um, tell me, Bible scholars, what's this? Medo-Persia. Right, this is the kingdom that took over Babylon. Okay, now after Medo-Persia, Medo-Persia was conquered by Greece. Okay, the leopard-like beast, and this is this is all you, you continue reading in in uh, Daniel, and it the angel tells him that it's uh, these four beasts are four kings or four kingdoms. Okay, so Greece was conquered by. Rome. Okay. And then what happens to Rome? Well, Rome doesn't get conquered, but a horn comes up. Who's this little horn? This is the this is the papacy, right? Okay. And then directly after the papacy, we see judgment. Now, this from here to here is such an important, uh, uh, such an important um, event that that God actually brings this out three times in Daniel chapter seven. Okay, um, we're still in Daniel chap- chapter seven, and, and we've already seen the lineup, right? We saw the lion, we saw the bear, we saw the leopard, we saw the great and terrible beast, and we saw the little horn. And we saw judgment. Okay? That was uh, 7 through 10, verses 2 through 10 that we read. Now, turn over with me to verse 19. In verse 19 it says, Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast which was different from all others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and nails of bronze, which devoured, broke into pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet. Okay? The fourth beast. Where are we at? Which one, which one of these is the fourth beast? Rome. Rome, right here. This is where we're at. This is where we're starting. Okay? Now, now what, what should be coming next? The little horn should. 
So, in verse 20, it says, And the ten horns which were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell. See, we're here. Namely, that horn which had eyes of a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose words, uh, whose appearance was greater than his fellow. I was watching, and the same horn, verse 21, was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Okay, all right, now let's stop right there. We're at the beast. We just talked about the little horn. What should be coming next? What should be coming next? Judgment. That's right. Verse 22. Verse 22. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And, and, and this one actually goes a little bit further and says, And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. So in this one, we're actually going on past judgment to... The saints being in heaven. So, and here we're seeing actually papacy judgment, and then after after judgment, we're going to heaven. Okay? Now, but these these are still the three that I mainly want to focus on. We see this uh, one more time, and it starts in verse 23. It says, The fourth beast, where are we at? Triceratops, right? We're on the triceratops. The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings. Who shall arise from this kingdom? And another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. So where are we at now? We just went from the fourth kingdom to the little horn. So what's coming after that? Judgment. If, if, if this is right, right? He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. This is all characteristics of the little horn. Now, verse 26, But the court was seated, the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion and consume and destroy it forever. So three times in Daniel chapter 7, we find... God showing us what's going to happen. We've got Rome, we've got the little horn, and then we've got judgment. Okay? So, the little horn lasted until 1798. Right? So sometime right after 1798, this has got to start. Judgment has got to start. You know, this is exciting to me because this is part of the three angels' message. This is the everlasting gospel that is to be proclaimed throughout all the earth that the hour of his judgment has come. So, directly after 1798, very soon after, the judgment has to start. And in the very next chapter, Daniel chapter 8, Daniel chapter 9, you see the 2300-day prophecy. And that's where... Uh, the sanctuary is cleansed in the year 1844. Okay, so directly after 1798, we have judgment starting in 1844. The the sanctuary service, the Day of Atonement, uh, was when 
all of Israel had to be in a state of repentance. Whoever was not in a state of repentance was cut off from Israel. Who is Israel? We're Gentiles, right? We're all Gentiles. I don't think any of us are are Jews here. We're all Gentiles. But what does Paul say? We're grafted in. We are the house of Israel here. When Jesus entered judgment in the year 1844, he started judging the house of God, those of us who have claimed faith in Jesus, those of us uh, who say we believe in Jesus and we have have accepted him as our Savior from sin, Jesus and everyone else sitting in the courtroom is then, now, since 1844 till now, still deciding who is going to be in heaven from then until now. And then after, remember what's hap- what happens when this is over. The kingdom is given to the saints. This is uh, the day of atonement that we're living in. And, and this is a message that we're to be preaching to the whole world. Okay, so, so judgment. It's not, it's not going on. We're not all going to heaven and going to stand at the gates. Judgment's going on now. And when Jesus comes to get us, he's going to have his reward with him, right? Um, okay, so... When, when Jesus comes, he has finished judgment, right? So everyone who's going to be in heaven goes to heaven when Jesus comes. All right, so what, is, what exactly is, is Paul talking about uh, in 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. First Corinthians chapter six verse two says, "Do you not know that the saints will judge the world, and if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life?" So, what is what is Paul talking about? Judgment's finished. When we go to heaven. Judgment has already been made. God is the one, the only one who decides who makes it to heaven and who doesn't make it to heaven, right? So, what kind of judgment uh, do we take part in? Uh, well, turn with me to the book of Revelation. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter twenty, and, and we're going to be we're going to begin reading in verse one. 
Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones and they that sat on them. And judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. What is the first resurrection? The dead in Christ arise first. That's right, brother. That's right. The ones who are sitting on the thrones and judgment was committed to them. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy, verse 6, blessed and holy is he who is part of the first resurrection. Over such a second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Okay, now, Revelation chapter 20, this is preceding the resurrection. As soon as First Thessalonians chapter four, as as uh, uh, our brother here was just talking about, brother Jim, right after the resurrection, we're going to heaven, and then judgment is given to us for a thousand years. Now, like we like we've already said. God has already made the decision who is going to be in heaven and who isn't going to be in heaven after the first resurrection. When he comes to get us, the decision has been made. When that's done, Jesus is coming. So what's this judgment that's given to us? Well, I believe there's going to be a lot of surprises when we get to heaven. Now, there are some people who we write off as they could never, they're not going to heaven. They could never be saved. We might have some friends and neighbors who these thoughts pass through our heads, but those are the ones that God's Spirit is actually moving upon. And how many in the last few hours of their life will give their, give their lives to Jesus and may not completely understand the plan of salvation, but when they get to heaven, they will be instructed. Oh, uh, these, these are the ones represented by the, the thief on the cross, the 11th hour workers, the ones who only worked for one hour but received the same reward as those who have worked their whole lives. The people who aren't there God's not going to leave us in the dark about. Uh, He's going to show us. He's going to give us His judgment. And He's going to show us the opportunities that He gave each and every person. uh, The times that they rejected His Holy Spirit. And this this is what we're going to be spending the first thousand years doing. As God is going to show us why why some people aren't there now is this all we're going to be doing you know i mean are we going to uh go to heaven and 
straight to work? I don't think so. Uh, in Revelation, um, John, he says, uh, there, was, there, was, there was silence in heaven for the space of about, a, of about a half an hour. Now, if you apply day for a year uh, in prophecy to that, that ends up being a half an hour, ends up being about a week, seven days. Now, uh, why in the world would heaven be empty for seven days? The only reason I can imagine is because Jesus and all the angels have come to get his reward. And uh, Psalms 19, Psalms 19 verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. Do you think we're going to be traveling from earth to heaven just like that, skipping what's declaring the glory of God? I don't think so. We're going to spend some time uh, the, with the Hubble telescope, we can see a little bit uh, of what the heavens are declaring. We can see a little bit, but we're not even scratching the surface. When we get, when we travel to heaven, we're, we're going to see some things. We're, we're going to see some awesome things. I, I'm looking forward to sitting on the belt of old Ryan, maybe doing some skateboarding on it with David Asterick. <laughs> Or there's going to be so many wonderful things. Um, a week, a week traveling to heaven. Uh, now, what about what about the food? And, and and Jesus said, "I go to prepare a place for you." This was a couple thousand years ago. You think Jesus is going to spend? couple thousand years preparing a place for his saints without us going up and checking that out a little bit before we before we start hammering it out you know do you, do you see where I'm coming from um, and like I said the the food uh, I was listening to dad and, and uh, Claude have a conversation the other day Paul I think I think Claude was talking about talking about it some big grapes. I think that's what he was talking about. And, uh, and it makes me think of when the, uh, when the 12 spies were sent into the, the land of Canaan. And, and it took how many men? Two men carrying one cluster of grapes on a pole. Man, this is, this is, this is the earth. This is fertile ground. This is the land flowing with milk and honey. But this is still earth. What about what about the freaking heaven? I mean, I can see, I can, I can just sit back and imagine, see Dad and Claude sitting there slicing up a grape like a watermelon <laughs> and sharing that thing. Oh, there, it, it's going to be wonderful. So, after the thousand years. <coughs> After the thousand years is when, well, let's read it. Revelation 27 through 9. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. Now remember, during this thousand years, uh, the Bible says that uh, everyone will be slain by the brightness of his coming. The, the earth is going to be in an empty, desolate condition. And 
uh, as we already read in verse 5, the rest of the dead, those are those who did not rise, rise to be taken to heaven. The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. And then at the end of this thousand years, what does that mean? There's going to be a resurrection of the rest of the dead. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. Gog and Magog, this is enemies of the people of Israel. Uh, It's just all those who are wicked. Verse 9, they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Okay. My first question after reading this is, how did the beloved city get to the earth? Well, this is the Bible works. Uh, you could call it, 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 it reviews and expands. Reviews and expands. Uh, it doesn't do event after event after event as you continue reading. So here it's just said that the thousand years have expired, Satan's released, and... Uh, the wicked have been resurrected, and they have surrounded the camp of God. So what's the camp of God doing here? Well, John uh, reveals this to us in the very next chapter. Uh, he says, Then I, saw, then I, John, saw the holy city. We're reading in verse 2 of chapter 21. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. So... Uh, we know that before the earth is made new again, uh, New Jerusalem does come down, but some events happen first, and that's what we just got done reading in verse uh, chapter 20. I'm hoping I'm putting us together and helping it make sense to you. Sometimes I don't do very well in, in, in doing that, but just just bear with me. Study it. Go home and study it. And you can understand it for yourself. But what's what's interesting to me uh, is that, you know, we, we always hear that there will be no sadness, no sorrow, no crying in heaven. None. But that's not what the Bible says. Here in verse 21, in chapter 21, verse 4, it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And this is directly after those who were not saved have surrounded the city of God and then they were destroyed. Do you you see where I'm going? There's... I, I don't know if there will be anyone there who will not have someone that they know 
or someone that they love that is not outside the city. Now, is God, is He a stern God who says, okay, I'm, I'm just going to turn emotions off right now. You know, you, you, it'll be alright, just don't cry. I just turn that off. Do you think there was sadness in heaven when, when Jesus was dying on the cross? I think so. Do you think we might see some people outside the, the wall, outside the city walls that we know and that we love? There's, there's going to be some tears shed. But when, I, when you think about a, a comforter, who, who, we've all got someone who, who we can think of that is just the greatest comforter we've ever known. It might be our grandma. It might be uh, a friend, an aunt. Some people just have that gift. But when Jesus, when Jesus comforts us, Jesus himself is going to wipe away every tear. Jesus is the most wonderful comforter. Uh, I'm praying that Jesus can help me be a better comforter. But when Jesus wipes away every tear, I'm telling you today that there are going to be some people there that don't have anybody. Everybody they know, everybody they love, are going to be outside that city wall. But they're going to be happy. They're going to be happy because... Their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is there with them. Their best friend is going to be with them for all eternity. So they're going to be happy. And my question to you today is, will you let your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be your Lord and Savior? Will you allow Him, will you trust Him to take you there? Heavenly Father, we thank You so much. Uh, We thank You for Your wondrous love towards us. Uh, We thank You for preparing a place for us. Uh, We thank You uh, that soon, here very, very soon, we will see You coming in the clouds. And we will go to the place where there is no sadness or no more sorrow and that you will even comfort us in our time of sorrow and we ask that you would help us just to keep our eyes focused on you uh, and to to lead those around us uh, to a wonderful loving savior that we know in jesus name we ask all these things amen